I like to start off every episode of the show asking my guests the same question, and that's how much of your real true self is there in your character? Right now, there's a really good amount of my real true self. Um, I know a lot of people have said that they like the Raquel from NXT that was always serious and didn't smile. And I think I've only told this story once, but when I first started at the Performance Center, they could not get me to stop smiling. (laughs) And, you know, I'm supposed to be this big and tall and intimidating character. And uh, that was my biggest struggle, really, was trying to stay serious when you're just having fun. And that's what it, it, it always has been to me, is I'm out there, I'm doing something I love, I'm having fun doing it. I'm doing it with my friends. Why wouldn't you want to smile, right? <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny that you say that because in my in my notes right here, I say uh, that I see fans on Twitter point out how you've started smiling more on the main roster. But to me, that seems like the most uh, accurate portrayal of your real self because I follow you on social media and you seem like a very exuberant, happy person. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I just like being silly. And I think that's that's something that I've, you know, kept kind of to myself and in control for most of the time, just because I was trying to get across this, that I am intimidating and I can be strong. But I feel like I've already um, shown everyone that I that I am. I'm strong. I'm intimidating. I am a fierce competitor. And I think it's OK for me to kind of reel it in a little bit and show you guys a little bit of my real self, which is laughing and smiling and being happy and being positive and being, you know, a good role model for other people. And I feel like you can't be a good role model for the youth when you're constantly just in this like upset, negative type of attitude. You know, you have to give the same energy that you kind of want to receive. Well, so then when you came up to the main roster, was it a a direction that was given to you, a conversation that you had with creative? Like, how did it go from the serious Raquel that we saw in NXT to this more happy portrayal that you're doing now. Yeah. Uh, when I came up, I didn't really know exactly what role I was going to be put into. I didn't know if they wanted me to be a heel, if they wanted me to be a baby face. Um, but I was ready for whichever direction that that was going to go. And I told myself I'm going to go and I'm going to be over the top about it. I am going to give 120%. If it's too much, then, you know, they can just tell me it's too much and I can reel back in, in a little bit, but I have been waiting for this opportunity for so long and I've been working my butt off for this opportunity that I didn't want to just go in and feel like I was stuck to one certain way or one certain character or one certain uh, personality. I wanted to be a chameleon and I wanted to show them that I am a chameleon and that I can do multiple things and I have multiple talents and I have, you know, different things in my back pocket that not everyone has seen yet. And now's the chance to kind of present that because They know what I can do as a heel. You know, that's what I was in NXT. They know what I can do as a serious person. And I think this was kind of my opportunity to show them uh, the contrary of that and show them that I can do this as well. I think that's super cool to hear. I, I, I love that because, you know, I think that being a multifaceted performer is so important to have longevity in the wrestling industry or in any entertainment industry that you're in. So it's cool to hear that, like, it was something that you wanted to do to expand your own, uh, you know, your own portrayal on TV. Yeah, give my resume a little bit more oomph, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you already kind of said it earlier, but is silly how you would describe your off-screen personality? Um, yeah, I definitely would say I'm silly. I, I, I feel like I blurred out a lot of 
one-liners that sometimes do not make any sense. And maybe the only one who laughs at them is me. But at the end of the day, if I'm laughing, then that's okay. Right. I need to get an ab workout somewhere in the day. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say I'm a little bit more on the sillier side when I'm around my friends and my family and the people that I love. Well, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy your TikToks. I, I laugh at them. You know, I think that, you know, on, you know, some of the other social media platforms, you kind of like, are more Raquel, but I feel like you're more Victoria on, on TikTok, and it's fun to see you be silly on there. Like some of those videos you post crack me up, and it's a, it's a fun outlet for me too. So I know why uh, you enjoy making them. Yeah, I think that's the best part about them is that it's like an outlet. It's a creative outlet. And I think us as entertainers, we're constantly looking for other facets to like push our creativity and push our boundaries a little bit and be more relatable to people. Because I want I want my fans to also realize that, you know, like I am a human being as well and I totally get it. And I want them to be able to relate with me on that level of wanting to be a strong, independent woman that's also fun and silly and positive at the same time. And it's really hard to, to do that, especially right now during these times. But I feel like if I can give that off in social media and maybe one of my silly TikToks or my funny posts would make one person smile, then I think I did my job. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that TikTok is so good for that because it is just like a silly avenue. You don't have to like have perfect lighting or whatever. You can kind of just put your phone in the corner and lip sync to some, you know, movie that you, movie lines that you already know or whatever. And, and uh, yeah, so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly and it's, it's just nice to make people smile. I mean, that's like why I got into entertainment. So I imagine that's why you got into entertainment as well. Oh yeah, definitely. I just, I really love uh, just being like a positive energy for other people and them doing that for me as well, because I know I've had my days where I've been down or I've, you know, been going through my own personal issues and it's really the people that, we surround ourselves with that kind of create the energy, uh, the energy and the environment that we're in. And if I, my circle's super small, then that's fine because I know I have the few that I can count on for anything to make me smile, to make me laugh, just to make me feel better. And I'm so grateful that I have these amazing friends that understand me <laughs> in my crazy, silly kind of way. <laughs> Is being a role model important to you? I heard you mention that earlier. Is that something that you want to, kind of become more part of you going forward as someone that young girls can look up to? Oh yeah, definitely. I think um, it's, it's always been something that's been important to me just because I looked up to people like Selena, um, who was also a big role model for Latin American girls in South Texas and for girls that, you know, might have, might have felt out of place or different. And I just, there's so many parts of her life and her movie that I relate to being a Texican as well. Um, and, and just the impact that she had on me was kind of the same thing. You know, she, a lot of her quotes are her being very positive and her wanting to present a good, you know, person to the rest of the world for other people to look up to. And I just want to know that I'm kind of leaving that behind when I'm doing all of this, when I'm in front of the camera, I want little girls and, and moms and sisters and everyone to kind of look at me and be like, yeah, she's a great role model. And I think it got a little bit more important to me recently, too, because now I have a three-year-old niece and it's she's absolutely amazing. She's so talented and I'm watching her grow up and I'm just thinking, you know, like all these things I'm learning in my life are stuff that I want to help her with in hers one day. But I also want her to know that she can talk to me and come to me um, with any of life issues that she might have at all, because I want to be that 
person for her. And I want to be that person for a lot of little girls. If they feel like they need to say something or they don't, they feel like they don't belong, or maybe they were too tall for the rest of the class. So they all thought that, you know, maybe she was not smart enough to pass a grade. <laughs> I want them to know that it's, it's, they're not alone. Basically. I just want them to know that they're not alone. I completely understand that. I think that, you know, and, you know, as someone who is half Latino, I also think there's not a lot of like, you know, huge, like, there's not a huge amount of female Latina positive role models out there. There's, there's only a couple of them. The more the merrier, in my opinion. I mean, the MCU is just barely getting a, a Latina character now. Like, I, I like seeing it happen more and more, but, you know, for a long time, I feel like I didn't see a lot of people that were Latino in the public eye like that. It started for me too in basketball because even in basketball, we don't have a lot of Latino representations in the sport, especially in the women's side. So for me, being able to come out of the Valley and play college basketball and do it on a scholarship, that was a big eye opener for me because I know that I kind of helped open a few doors for lots of people down in the Rio Grande Valley where we're a little bit isolated. Um, you know, you have to cross a checkpoint to get there and you're still not in Mexico because there's another checkpoint just a couple minutes away. <laughs> um, but it's just nice to, to know that like my Rasa in the 956 is, is watching wrestling and they're able to relate to someone who gets it, who understands where they come from and to show them like it is possible if you just keep pushing yourself and keep trying. There is always a way. If there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> what was your upbringing like in Texas? Oh, I loved it. I really did. We would go to Mexico every Sunday. We would get the same lunches every Sunday, same taco truck. Um, we had a ranch down in South Texas. And South Texas, if anybody knows, is like super flat. So there's like no hills, no nothing, just, you know, lots of citrus and vegetables and everything that you can grow out there. Um, but I, I grew up a lot with my grandpa just working out on the ranch and we would go and take care of the animals. We had pigs, chickens, turkeys, a horse, a donkey, goats, so many goats. <laughs> um, but that was my favorite thing was, I don't <laughs> you know, goats is a delicacy where I'm from. All right. Everybody wants a goat for, you know, a soup or a meal, <laughs> but lots of goats. Let me tell you. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I've ever eaten goat before. You haven't eaten cabrito? That ah, no, I, that doesn't ring a bell. No. And I've visited my family in Juarez. Like I have family that grew, you know, like I, I've been, I grew up around Mexico and stuff. So, and my parents, my mom and my grandparents are very Mexican. So I, yeah, that's crazy. I, I, maybe my grandma, I'm guessing my grandma just wasn't a fan. Maybe. Yeah. Cause I'm not going to lie. I'm not that big of a fan either, but I also didn't like eating the animals that I helped raise. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, I would find that to be very hard to eat something that I was feeding a few weeks before. You know, I, I would go out there and I would like spend quality time with these animals. <laughs> I would, oh. I, would I had them all by name. I had my pigs, the ones that I helped raise. And every Christmas, of course, you know, we all got together as a family and we had to pick one hog to feed the family. <laughs> and then everyone would line up for tamales, chicharrones, everything. I remember that one Christmas that they picked my Rocco, I did not eat. And grandma tried to be, no. <laughs> oh no, poor Rocco. That's such a sad Christmas. 
he was beautiful though. He was like 300, 300 pound hog, like huge. He was really good. 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 Well, that good does pet. sound tasty. I'm not going to lie. That does sound pretty tasty. <laughs> were you, uh, <laughs> were you old enough to remember your dad wrestling when you were a kid? Yes, I was. I was. Even when we were living at the ranch on weekends, too, we would travel with my dad um, and we would go to like Corpus with him, Houston, San Antonio, and just make like a whole little family weekend trip out of it. I remember that he would tell us before the show because we would drop him off and then we would go eat dinner with my mom or go to the mall or whatever was in the area. And he would tell us, remember, girls, don't call me dad when I'm out there. I don't want to hear you cheering for daddy. I don't want to hear you booing for daddy. I'm not daddy. Okay, (laughs) but my sister and I, like the rebels that we are, we would go find the nearest table and we would stand up on that table. We would just cheer for him all the time, whether he was a healer or baby face. I remember we were just we were just always supporting my dad. And then we would just wait and hang around like we were the two coolest kids at the show and and wait by the ring while everyone else was leaving. We're like, yeah, we're with him. That's that's our man up there. (laughs) We're with Desperado. We're good. Yeah, we're with. We're a desperado. No big deal. You guys, go ahead. <laughs> Do you remember seeing any other, you know, legendary wrestlers at that time that now people would know? Yeah, I remember um, him wrestling Doink. I remember him wrestling the Bushwhackers. Um, and a lot of, uh, I'm trying to think who else I remember seeing at that time. Shawn Michaels was at a few of his shows as well because my dad was one of the first wrestlers for Shawn Michaels' school in San Antonio at TWA. So I do remember I had this like little teddy bear um, at the time that Sean was there at the show and I asked him to sign it. And obviously you can't see his autograph on the teddy bear because it's furry and a Sharpie. In my head at the time, it was the smartest thing to do, right? (laughs) (laughs) So does that mean that you wanted to wrestle like ever since back then? Oh, yeah, I've been begging my I always I'm, I'm such a big daddy's girl that I always wanted to do what my dad was doing. And I wanted to wrestle even then because we would even go to trainings with him sometimes and just roll around in the ring and stuff. But, you know, it was a different time for women at that point. And my dad was like, "Mm, my daughter, no, not going to do it. (laughs) You're going to go to college. You're going to do something else. Um, And so basically I had to choose something else to go to college for. And he started coaching basketball and I was like, great, I'll play basketball. Let me try this out. I'm tall. Um, so we made a pact then, even when I was, I was probably only like eight years old, but my dad and I had a pact that I was going to play basketball. I was going to go to college and I was going to graduate college. And then he was going to let me to try and become a sports entertainer or wrestler. Um, so when I graduated college, I reminded him about it. I said, dad, remember that pact we made? And he looked me in the eye and he said, you have two years, two years. If it doesn't work out, you'll move on. Um, but it ended up working out. So, I mean, I got a tryout and I, well, I went to go meet a recruiter. I got emailed him pictures, got a tryout, got signed with NXT and I've been here ever since. I, I love that so much that you <laughs> kept the, that you remembered this pack that you had since you were eight years old to like, you know, early twenties when you graduate and you're like, well, I did it now. Was, do you think that he knew all along that you were going to do that once you graduated? I think he did because we would joke around a lot about it too. My sister would bring it up or like my sister and I in college too, we dressed up as Nacho Libre for Halloween one year. And we we just, 
we could never kick it. Neither of us. We could never kick that, you know, my dad was a wrestler and then we love wrestling and this is what we like to do. And even if it was just playing around, it was just something that has always lived deep within, I think, like our hearts. And and even though my sister never pursued it, I know she's super happy for me and she's excited for everything that I'm getting to do. So I feel like that I'm kind of doing this for both of us. In a sense. God, I can relate to that so much, dude, because my dad was a huge wrestling fan and definitely is what got me into it, but also works behind the scenes in TV doing entertainment. And so it was like both, like I was like, oh, I want to do entertainment. Like my dad, I want to work in TV or whatever. And then when the wrestling thing happened, I was like, oh, I get to double impress him. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to cover wrestling somewhere. <laughs> nice. I bet he's super proud too, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. He, this, this show that I do is like, the only time in my entire existence related to entertainment where he doesn't give me where he didn't give me a hundred notes afterwards of what could get better. He's like, yeah, I liked that episode. That was a good episode. So oh, yeah, I think, I think he's satisfied now. Awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love it when people have amazing relationships with their parents. It's really cool. Did you see, cause you brought up Nacho Libre. Did you see that Charlotte Flair and Andrade had like the inspiration for Nacho Libre as the guy who officiated their wedding the other day? Yes. Yes, I did. How cool was is very that? it's amazing. I loved it. I thought it was a great idea. It was brilliant. I want that. Maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt. I'm engaged now. And I I tweeted to my girl, my fiance, saying, like, can we do this? And and she was like, How about the flower wall behind them? We can do that. I was like, okay, fine. I think you slowly planting the bug, maybe put a few like natural libre clues around the house. She'll 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 come in. She'll a little piece of corn here, a little mask there, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know I've agreed. I've agreed that the wedding will most likely not have any wrestling related things. That'll be it'll be like a non-wrestling day. We have enough wrestling in our lives, so the one day we don't. That's understandable. I get that. <laughs> so then, okay, so wait, you said it happened within the two years. So how long was it after you graduated before you finally got connected with the your first tryout? Um, I'm trying to think. It was maybe six to like seven months when um, they were rebooting Tough Enough. Um, when they were just starting the, to like look, have people make new videos and new entry videos for the new season of Tough Enough that was about to come out. Because I, I also did that. I sent in an entry video. <laughs> um, but then I also saw that they were having like open tryouts somewhere, but they had already picked their athletes for the tryout there. So I just met the recruiter and he gave me his card. He said, email me, send me pictures. And then within like from meeting him, which was maybe half a year after graduating in like two or three months, I had a tryout. Um, that was sent to me. And I was basically with a bunch of like football players and fitness uh, athletes, like beautiful figure competitors, like these gorgeous women. And I was like the only tall basketball frame body, you know, that was there, but I was just excited to be there. Um, and then of course at the tryout, they, they really liked me. They liked that I could speak Spanish and then it was maybe a couple weeks later that they gave us the call of yes, no, maybe. And I got the yes. And I was like, <laughs> immediately called my dad I was like dad we did it um and then a couple months later after that it was really like boom, 
boom, boom. It was like all within a couple months that I met the recruiter, had the tryout, got the call, got told that I was going to be starting at the PC in October. And it just happened really fast. It's, it's crazy to look back at it now and think like, yeah, that was right after, right after graduation. <laughs> Well, your dad must have been blown away because I'm sure with that two-year thing, he was like, well, two years, she'll get over it. But instead, you got a contract like right away and he had had, you know, a decade on the indies. So he must have been tripped out when you had that happen. It's funny because I think he probably thought of it the exact same way you just you just said it. it was like, oh, two years, she'll get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Did not happen that my dad did the same thing to me. I'll never forget it. When I wanted to, after college, he, I was like, I want to really like do entertainment related stuff. And he's like, well, you meet with this person who's a friend of mine in the industry and she's going to tell you how hard the industry is. And I was like, okay. And then I went and met with her and did a thing and read some lines for something. And then she was like, no, you seem really talented. You should pursue this. And it was the exact opposite of what my dad wanted. <laughs> I know they believe in us. They, really, I know they really believed in us, but it's, it's kind of rewarding, I think, to you and I that, like, we surprised them like that, you know? <laughs> yes. I, I mean, ultimately, dads do want the best for you. I think that, like, when they've struggled so hard in an industry for so long, they want you, they want their child to not have that same struggle. So they're like, hey, do this saver thing. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it, too. But I know he's he's really excited every time he hears that I'm going to wrestle or I'm going to be on TV. And I was so grateful that because during the pandemic, it was that's when my career at NXT was just taking off and there was no fans in the audience or anything. And I was like, man, is my family ever going to get to watch me wrestle? Like I'm having these really insane, cool matches and they're stuck in Texas and I'm here in Florida and, and I just want them to come be a part of one of them. So I was super grateful that they got to be there when I won the NXT women's title, um, both my mom and my dad. And that was just like a, a big moment for me because they know how hard I've worked. They know how much I wanted this and just having them there and knowing that they were there, it just made that moment so much more. Like I, I remember getting my hand raised and I kind of looked off caddy corner to my left and I see this man standing up with both arms raised. And I was like, that's my dad. That's my dad. <laughs> so it was really, it was really cool to have both of them there for that moment. Cause that was, that was a big deal for me. When he was going to be there, you should have told him that he wasn't allowed to tell anyone that he was your dad though. Just like he did to you when you couldn't call out that he was your dad from the crowd. Yes. I'm going to tell him that this next time. <laughs> You're like, dad, this is a, this is a SmackDown, okay? This isn't NXT. I'm gonna need you it's to not different. call me. Don't call me Mija. Don't call me baby girl. No, I'm Raquel. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you like, Dad? You're really embarrassing. My boss will see. They've got cameras there. It's different. It's not Triple H. You know, it's Vince now. You know, you got you got to pretend like you're just a fan in the crowd. No daughter stuff. <laughs> Uh, what do you remember most about your experience in the May Young Classic the first time? Oh, I remember working with all these amazing, talented women. I remember seeing all these women for the first time. And I was like shocked at, you know, all the big names that we had there and all the different women from different backgrounds. That was really cool, too, because they brought so many women in from all over the globe. Um, and it it was just something like at the moment, I remember looking back and, and in that moment, I was like, this is really cool that I get to be a part of the May Young one, like just doing that, being a part of history. Like all of us were winners who were in the tournament, no matter what happened, 
it was, it was really cool to just have that experience and have it pretty quickly in, um, from when I did start at NXT. So I think it was like maybe like half a year when they started assigning us all to the tournament. Um, so it was, it was pretty mind blowing cause I, I didn't expect it at all, but I was just grateful to be a, a part of it. And I got to see people. Yeah, that really was going to be my, cool. no, what were you going to say? Sorry, continue. Sorry. That that's what kind of close to when Rhea was starting as well, and so she was in the main one as well. And it was just cool to see her how she started with NXT and how she wasn't May Young one to who she is now. Well, both of you, you can say the same thing about both of you. I mean, when you look at her, she was like this happy go lucky blonde, and now she's like this just jacked. A uh, dominant person who, you know, is now, you know, doing this stuff with Edge, but she's just night and day compared to back then. And, and, and honestly, you too, you know, I mean, even though, you know, you were talented, you know, starting out, you have grown into such a more rounded performer. I mean, the, the, the Raquel who was in that tournament with the Desperado mask to now where you're this just like buff, just, you know, role model, like you had said earlier that people can look up to. It's just, it's a complete difference and a total transformation for both of you guys. Yeah, it's crazy to look back at all those pictures and see that it was only maybe what, five years ago, I think. Um, even though that sounds like a lot of time right now, but it's, it is crazy to see the transformation that both of us have kind of morphed into. <laughs> well, what inspired it for you? You know, I mean, I feel like it was, you know, after the May Young Classic is when it really, we started to see you kind of morph uh, your body and become way more jacked than before. Was there a moment where you decided like, all right, I'm going to become as jacked as humanly possible now. You know, it, I have been trying to get jacked as humanly possible for a long, long time. It's really, when they call it a fitness journey, it's a journey. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't just happen overnight for some of us. And, and I think like just my genetics in general, I have long limbs. I have long legs. I um, played basketball. I didn't really lift a lot of weight in college or in high school because we were constantly on the court running and, and doing other things for our sport. So it, it's crazy to, to know that it, it took me a while, but I finally figured it out. It was, I did everything. Let me tell you, I, you know, I called dietitians, I did keto, I did low carb, I did high carb. I took things out of my diet. I, it really just came down to sticking to something simple and consistently and lifting weights. And I was like, you know what, this is what it, it's, it seems like it's working. I feel like I'm on a good path. And from there, it just kind of like snowballed. Once I started to see a few changes and once I started to realize that this was actually working for me, the rest just kind of like keeps rolling. And I feel like I'm still consistently changing. I'm still trying to grow. I'm still trying to get a little bit bigger uh, muscle wise because I just I want to put the best representation of myself out there. And, and I feel like I'm starting to get a lot more confident with myself as well. So even coming from the girl you saw in May Young One to the woman you see now, it's it's been a been a journey <laughs> to say the least well you know like you said five years and it, even though five years sounds like a long time in the moment five years feels like nothing i feel like you know i mean we lived through the pandemic and that's already what been like two and a half years or something like that yeah. so it's like you're, you're already halfway there to another five years so it, it does make sense to me and i i wonder though is the the simple change that you made was that diet base that really started to help you? Because as someone like me, who I feel like it seems impossible to make those kinds of changes, I'm just wondering, like, what the, like, most important thing you think was? 
Yeah, I think it was definitely diet. It was definitely getting enough food in your system, but not getting too much food in your system because I'm super guilty of overeating. Like I, I could eat a lot and I think it, it might scare some people or impress some people, depending if you think 13 tacos is a lot or not, but I, I can eat, right? Like I've always, I used to try and have eating competitions with my dad. We would go to Olive Garden and he would order the tour of Italy. And so would I, and I would finish it. And I was not that big yet, <laughs> but I've definitely been the diet and, and trying to control to not graze, to not overeat, to not be overzealous with sugar or, you know, like certain macros. But I also found too, that like going to the gym and having a purpose when I go into the gym, like today I'm going to train legs and I'm going to try and lift this much weight or today I'm going to do back and I'm going to try and get this many pull-ups because that's never been my strong suit. That as well has helped change me as well. Cause I was doing a lot of CrossFit and a lot of cardio and a lot of what I thought was going to help me as an athlete, because that's what I did for basketball. And I'm not saying it's, it doesn't work for everyone. It works for a lot of people. There's amazing athletes out there that are CrossFit athletes like Bianca Belair. But for me, I had to have a purpose when I went into the gym, if I wanted to change my body and I had to also commit fully to the diet. So I would say it was those two things. Yeah. That committing to the diet part, like I want to commit to a diet, but I just don't know where to start in that kind of a thing. Like you, like you said, get a dietitian would, would probably help or, or something like that. But um, it does seem, yeah, diet seems to be very important if you want to actually have muscles or anything like that. Oh yeah. I've seen people who have eaten immense amounts of protein. It's insane how much it just changes your body drastically, but it really is just finding like a coach, you know, like finding someone who can kind of just give you a little guide. And then from there you can branch off and start using tortillas instead of rice. Like I do every now and then when I'm home with grandma. That's also impressive that you can take down 13 tacos if you wanted to. I don't know if I could take down 13 tacos. That's a lot. Well, don't hold me to 13 because depends on the size of the taco, right? If it's the little street tacos, I might Yeah, I'm thinking little street tacos. Yeah. Yeah. The little street tacos, maybe like 20 will fill me up. But if we're talking like Texas sized flour tortillas, I'm going to need (laughs) <laughs> you see, the tortillas are literally like this big yeah that's yeah, de- definitely no no i was thinking the little small street tacos for sure yeah, don't, don't worry yeah me too <laughs> well we talked about coaches which coaches helped you grow as a performer the most in nxt i was very fortunate enough to work with pretty much all of the coaches at NXT. You know, I started off in Robbie Brookside's class and I feel like in his class, he really helped bring out um, like the angry side, the vicious side, the very competitive side in me. Um, And then I also got to work with Norman Smiley and Norman Smiley is so knowledgeable in the way he moves and the way he communicates. And he really showed me kind of patience in the ring and, and timing and communicating and, and, presentation and I I got to work with Scotty Tuhati and Scotty is a huge entertainer and he really brought out something in both Rhea and I have, have we've said it multiple times he brought something out in us that we were missing and that was the entertainment part and and he helped us with our movement in the ring and and the aspects of our characters and stuff like that it was really really insightful to be in his class and to be able to work with him and with some of the other athletes that were in there as well um, and with Sarah Motto, I got to learn so much from her style to, you know, uh, what it is to be a woman in the wrestling business right now and respecting that and keeping and honoring to that and staying true to that. 
Um, and then I got to work with coach bloom a little bit as well. And right now I'm actually getting to work with Terry Taylor. And I mean, that man on his own has a different side of the business and knowledge compared to anyone else. So I feel like I can't just pinpoint one coach at NXT. They've helped me so much with my character, my confidence, my career. Um, and I, I really wouldn't be here if it wasn't for getting to be in each and every single one of those classes and pick all of those brains. I feel like having that blessing of getting to learn from all of them really made me into the performer and the athlete that I am today. And I think it, it helped me for all of the pressure that I was getting ready to <laughs> step into. So I'm very grateful for all of the knowledge that I got at the PC and still am getting. <laughs> well, would it be fair to pinpoint Dakota Kai as one of the people, one of the superstars who helped you grow as a performer as well the most? Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, when I got teamed up with Dakota Kai, it was, I was very excited because she's always been such a lovely person and she's always been so giving and she's always put on great, great matches with everyone on the roster. Like everyone admires her for her hard work and, and her in-ring ability. She's just one of a kind. So getting to get paired with her, I was excited. Um, and then getting to work with her for the, you know, the following years, the two years that we were together and, and building that relationship and building that trust and being able to lean on each other. It was something that I knew at, at the time at NXT that I really needed because I didn't feel alone when it came to putting so much pressure on myself. We shared the pressure and that's that's what was really nice. And I think that's what what really helped bond us even more was that we were able to kind of do that for each other, because there's a lot of there's a lot of people that don't get that experience with their tag partners sometimes. And and we really got to share something that made us like sisters. And I think that that was actually visible from a viewer standpoint as well, because like you said, sometimes you could tell when two performers just aren't necessarily um forming a bond as a team but it was like you could tell from the time that you guys were together that you meshed well right away and 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 grew together as performers and it was fun to watch uh you know as a from a fan from a fan standpoint oh thanks yeah it was uh, when we broke up i was like no but <laughs> i think it, it helped tell a good story for us too and i i i still talk to her i we communicate every now and then. So she knows I still love her. I have nothing but love for her. She really helped me gain a confidence in the ring and to become like a ring leader. Cause that's what she was to me. And, and to be able to pass that down is it's been amazing. I'm super grateful to Dakota. Well, another thing that was cool for you and NXT was like, I feel like happened in April when you guys had that moment where it was you Rhea, Bianca, how special was that for you to have that go down and kind of show that you guys are the new generation that are coming up? It was, it, it really meant a lot to me because, you know, like uh, we all kind of started at the PC around the same time. Um, we all trained together and we all obviously competed with each other because we were all these strong powerhouses and these strong girls. And it was always consistently, you know, it's always going to be a competition, but it was a friendly competition between us three because I truly wish the very best for both of these girls and the most success because they are amazing human beings. They represent a type of woman that I think also needs to be represented, which is a strong powerhouse being naturally beautiful and, and naturally themselves. And I'm so grateful we got to share that moment together because it was, it was a big moment, I think, for all three of us, you know, like. They just won the women's titles up on Raw and SmackDown, and I just won the NXT title. So it was kind of like, oh my gosh, we all like we're all together doing this right now. Like, is this real life? I think so, but it doesn't feel like real life. <laughs> 
did it add any pressure to you personally for your title reign to like have that be the thing that was the start of it where it's like, okay, you're the new generation better do good. Yes. Yes, it did. Um, and I was, I, it does add a lot of pressure. And I think I also put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, but it does because, you know, I'm not only trying to live up to the legacy that those two women left behind in NXT, cause they did an amazing job when they were in NXT, but now also I want to, show that NXT is up to the same par as Raw and SmackDown. And that's the pressure I put on myself as the women's champion was to show that we can also do what the girls on, what the women on Raw and SmackDown can do as well. So it was definitely a lot of pressure, <laughs> but I, I, I feel like I do great under pressure. And if you're not a real athlete, unless you know the same. <laughs> uh, one last question. And then I'm going to switch into my final segment here, but I was wondering did you care at all about the name change? You know, I wanted to keep Gonzalez because it represented me. It represents my legacy of my legacy because it's my real last name. It's my it's the name that my dad used all while he was wrestling throughout his entire career as well. Um, but I wasn't upset about it. I, that I'm glad that they still gave me something um, Hispanic, Rodriguez. I'm I'm grateful that I, you know, even got something that was R&R because I was like I was joking with Rhea the other day. Her initials are R&R and mine is R&R. And when we used to tag together, we used to be R&R. So I I really can't say I was super upset about it. I just wish, you know, Gonzalez just had a special meaning to me, but it's always going to be my name. So. All right. Well, we've reached the end here, but I like to end every episode with a segment I call the finishing move where I talk to my guests about, obviously, their finishing move. So let's ask, let's go with yours. Uh, who's your favorite superstar to hit the newly rechristened Tejana bomb on and why? Oh, man. I think my favorite star to hit it on right now would have to be Shotzi Blackheart. I feel like she has a little bit of animosity towards me um, because of the position I'm in right now and getting that opportunity with Rhonda. But hitting it on her, was it two Fridays ago, felt really, really good. And I got one of my favorite pictures out of it as well. One of the pictures I posted on Instagram, I just have this like scary, intense face. And she is like high above me. It's just, it's amazing. It was one of my favorite pictures and moments. And I think she's also on my t-shirt as well, if I'm not mistaken from giving it to her in NXT. (laughs) Is that the picture? Is that the picture right there? (laughs) Zoom in on the face. Look at that thing. (laughs) <laughs> I think he can go back to it. I don't know if he can zoom in on it, but he can definitely go back to it. And yeah, you definitely look intense in that picture. I, when you said it, I said, I'm pretty sure I saw that one right before when we were prepping for this. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It does everything it needs to say about my finish, about the Tejana bomb. I, it's amazing. Thank you, Shanti. <laughs> uh, who came up with the new name for it? Was it you or someone else? Uh, me and Michael Cole kind of collaborated on that. We were kind of talking about it and we needed something different. And um, I think they said that something that was pitched was Chicana Bomb. Um, but I know, you know, being from Texas, I wanted to really still represent that a little bit. And Chicana is kind of like more California, Hispanic, Latin American, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I, I was like, well, what about the Tejano Bomb? And then it just kind of worked. <laughs> I like it. I'm a fan of the new name. What's the most memorable time that you've hit your finishing move on someone? Memorable time. It would have to have been my last woman standing match with Rhea Ripley. 
um, and going through the stage. That was my favorite, I think by far memorable, most memorable finish ever. <laughs> just being able to go through the stage and, and unless these big, huge, like just going through the stage floor was awesome. Yeah, I feel like it probably felt like very badass just slamming through a stage like that. And then getting up out of the stage like that. Yeah, I felt really badass. <laughs> and that's pretty All like- right, well, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to see you continue killing it on SmackDown. So keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no. Thank you for doing it. Hopefully I see you in person out there one of these times. You will. I'll see you soon. (laughs) (laughs) Later.